0: Well, turn in your Bibles tonight, if you would please, to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, and in just a very few moments, I'll begin reading in verse number 1 of that chapter, and be reading through verse number 5, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, and verse number 1. When you find your place, if you would please, would you stand as we read the Word of God together? 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How? That in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Now, I want to encourage you to leave your Bibles open as all few points of my message tonight will be taken directly from the five verses of Scripture that the Lord has directed us to study for just a few moments tonight. With the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach on this thought A working faith that finances the work of reaching the world with the gospel. Let's bow our heads, shall we, for a moment of prayer. Father, what a joy it is to be back at the Central Baptist Church of Ocala, Florida tonight. My heart has already been encouraged, enlightened, and Lord, I'm thrilled about what I believe in my heart you are going to do for world evangelism through this church in the days to come. I pray that the greatest days of ministry for this church would still be yet to come. May they follow the faith of their man of God as he leads them to greener pasture, especially when it comes to this matter of reaching the world with the gospel. Now help me, I pray, I'm nothing without you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Again, I'm preaching tonight on the fault, a working faith that finances the work of reaching the world with the gospel. Now before we go any further in the message tonight, let's take a few moments in order that we may consider the context of the Apostle Paul writing the five verses of Scripture before us this evening. Uh, When you study your Bible, you'll discover that after waiting a full year for the Corinthian church to fulfill a promise to participate in a special offering for the saints at Jerusalem, Paul is writing the chapter before us in order to persuade the Corinthian believers to do what they in turn had promised earlier in the year they would do. Well, in an effort to be effective in doing so, Paul begins to use the churches of Macedonia as an example in giving. After all, they had uh, participated in the same offering initially as a direct result of the report they had received from Paul concerning the church of Corinth's promise to give. Now, we know that to be the case because we've taken the time to read not only 2 Corinthians chapter 8, but also 2 Corinthians chapter 9 in our Bible. There, Paul declared in the latter portion of verse 2 of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, your zeal, speaking of course of the Corinthian believers' zeal, hath provoked very many. As a result of the Corinthians' promise to give, the Macedonian churches promised to give as well. However, when you study your Bible, you'll discover there was a tremendous difference between the Corinthians' promise to give and the Macedonians' promise to give. The Corinthians' promise turned into procrastination, while the Macedonians' promise turned into performance. Can I say it like this tonight? The Corinthians delayed in giving, while the Macedonians dedicated themselves to the cause of Christ through their giving. Now we know that to be the case because the Word of God goes to great lengths to teach us that God would work through those Macedonian churches giving in order to finance the great work of reaching others with the gospel. Now that truth assures us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, there is a reason that God has forever preserved these verses that I've read within our hearing in our King James Bibles tonight. I submit to you, God still has a plan to finance the great work of reaching others with the gospel. And Pastor Bloom, I know I'm preaching to the choir. They've heard you preach this time and time again. But I believe with all of my heart that plan is revealed in the same truths that Paul is sharing here in the text before us tonight as he speaks specifically about those Macedonian believers to the church of Corinth. Why? You don't think for one minute Jesus would have commanded us in Mark 16 and 15 to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature without a plan to finance that great work, do you? I submit to you, absolutely not. God does have a plan. And that plan is clearly revealed here in the text before us tonight. And therefore, since that plan includes me, since that plan includes each and every one of you, since that plan includes all of God's church tonight, it would behoove, therefore, each and every one of us to take the time, dig into these verses of Scripture in order that we might know God's plan to finance the work of reaching others with the gospel. However, now, first things first. First things first. When you study your Bible, you'll discover that God in His Word primarily speaks of three different types of giving. First and foremost, the Bible speaks of the tithe. The word tithe simply means tenth. And speaks of a tenth of one's increase that God has ordained to be given from each and every one of his children in order that the financial needs of the local Bible-believing church would be met. Just as God has a plan to finance the great work of reaching the world with the gospel, hear me tonight, God also has a plan to finance his local church. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is through the tithes of God's own people. Now, the Bible is abundantly clear. The Bible is abundantly clear. The tithe should be the starting point Of all of our giving. You say, well, preacher, I think I'll give to missions and not tithe. Then you'll miss the blessing of giving to missions. And you'll miss the blessing of not tithing. The tithe should be the starting point of all of our giving. Brother Benji, I like to say it like this. The tithe should never be the ceiling that we stop at. The tithe is merely the floor that we stand upon. Amen? I like to say it like this as well. Abraham commenced it, by the way, before there was even a law. So don't try to convince me that tithing was something that was something that was done strictly under... No, no. Abraham tithed before there was a law. So Abraham commenced it. Jacob continued it. Moses commanded it. Jesus commended it in the New Testament of the Bible. And therefore, who in the world am I to cancel it? The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30, The tithe is the Lord's, and it is holy unto Him. Now this isn't a tithing message, but I can't preach about faith promise without preaching about the starting point of all of our giving. The tithe should be the starting point of all of our giving. Pastor Bloom, I am absolutely positively convinced that every need of the local church would be met and then some if God's people would simply follow God's ordained plan and tithe. That is exactly why the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Hear me this evening, Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 10 is just one portion out of many portions of God's inspired inerrant word that teaches you and I, child of God, it's not a burden to tithe, brother, it's a blessing to tithe. Tithing doesn't produce poverty, tithing produces plenty. So the Bible speaks of the tithe. Let me say this and I'm moving and some of you are glad of that. I have never in 30 years of ministry met a spiritual Christian that wasn't a scriptural tither. That felt so good, I think I'll say it again. After 30 years of ministry this year, I have never met a spiritual Christian that wasn't a scriptural tither. So the Bible speaks of the tithe. Now I'm moving. The Bible also speaks of sacrificial giving or voluntary offerings. This type of giving is beyond God's tithe. For instance... The children of Israel gave of their own treasures when it came to erecting the tabernacle in the wilderness. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a wonderful example of giving sacrificially, of giving voluntarily, that the work of God might move forward. And opportunities will always abound through the ministry of God's local church for God's people to exercise their faith in giving sacrificially or giving voluntarily. The pastor, for instance, has felt impressed of the Lord every single night of this meeting. He has received an offering. And do you remember what he has said that uh, offering goes towards? He says the offering goes towards the expense of the meeting. Well, that is a wonderful opportunity for you to give voluntarily, for you to give sacrificially over and above your regular tithes and offerings through your local ministry. There are always buildings that need refurbishing. There are always parking lots that will need repaving. There are always air conditioner units that may go out and your pastor may feel impressed of the Lord from time to time to receive a special offering Therefore, giving you an opportunity to participate in this second kind of giving the Bible speaks of often, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is sacrificial giving or voluntary offerings. But then, there is also what I believe is the most blessed giving of all giving. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is giving by faith For the sake of others. I like to call it the missions offering. And I like to call it the missions offering because the more I read and study my Bible, the more I am absolutely convinced that God intended for the world to be evangelized by means of this type of giving. Some people call it grace-giving, and it is grace-giving. But I prefer the term faith-promise-giving because I like the term because it more adequately describes what Paul is talking about here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 as well as 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. And I say that because when these Macedonian churches gave, the Bible teaches us that they gave by faith. And ladies and gentlemen, you and I can rest assured that God hasn't left us ignorant when it comes to this matter of giving. 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9 have been designated by the Holy Spirit in our Bibles in order to teach us how to give by faith for the sake of others. How to give by faith so that others could hear the same gospel that you heard. And that I heard the same gospel that changed our lives. Four things quickly from the Bible that I trust God will use to stress upon our hearts here at Central Baptist Church this year to give more than we've ever given before by faith for the sake of others. First of all, I want to call your attention, if I may, to the problems the Macedonian's faith had to overcome. Now, I want you to hear what I'm getting ready to say. Are you listening tonight? Please say amen. Amen. There will always be problems your faith will have to overcome. If you are waiting for a convenient season before you start giving, then chances are you will never know the joy of giving by faith. That's right. There will always be problems your faith will have to overcome. Preacher, just as soon as I pay my house off, there will always be problems your faith will have to overcome. Did you notice from reading the text, here in these five short, simple, yet sobering verses of Scripture, Paul speaks of two very great problems that the Macedonian churches refused to allow to deter them in their giving. They gave in spite of some things. First of all, if you'll look in the text, they gave in spite of great affliction. Paul said in verse number 2, How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. They gave in spite of great affliction. Paul also referred to the Thessalonians' uh, suffering in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 when he wrote, For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. He also referred to the Thessalonians' suffering in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 as well as 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1. I'm telling you, these Macedonian churches, the churches of Thessalonica, the churches of Philippi, the churches that Berea. They knew what it was like to suffer for the cause of Christ but it simply made their giving more liberal because they were giving by faith. Amen. There will always be problems your faith will have to overcome. They were not only giving in spite of great affliction but if you look at the latter portion of verse 2 they gave in spite of deep poverty. I want you to understand they were not giving out of abundance. They were living, according to the Bible, in extreme poverty. If anybody had a right to say, you know, I just can't afford to give for the sake of others so that they can hear the same gospel that Paul preached to us that changed their lives, these people had a right and a reason to make such a statement. But since they were giving by faith, since they were exercising their faith in their giving, they understood then what you and I ought to understand tonight. There will always, have I said it before? There will always be problems our faith will have to overcome. They gave in spite of deep poverty. Deep. Poverty, extreme poverty, but in spite of great affliction, in spite of deep poverty, their heart was still towards God and others. Do you want to know why their heart was still towards God and others? Let me tell you why. They put their treasure in reaching others with the gospel. And when they put their treasure in reaching others with the gospel, guess what happened? Their heart followed. And isn't that exactly what the Lord Jesus declared himself in Matthew chapter 6 when he said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Listen now, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, Pastor Bloom, I'm just going to take a few moments right here and make a confession to you. For years, as a young preacher, I preached that wrong. I would preach the paint off the wall. I've calmed down some in 30 years, man. You should have heard me when I first started preaching. For the first two or three years that I pastored, this is what I would say. Put your heart in this ministry. If you're teaching a Sunday school class, man, put your heart in that Sunday school class. And when you put your heart there, your treasure will follow. That's not right. Did you hear what Jesus said? Jesus said, put your treasure there. For where your treasure is, brother John Claude, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus made this promise. You put your treasure there, and when you put your treasure there, I give you my word, your heart will follow. Can I just preach real plain? It's a Friday night. Let me just preach real plain. You want to know why some folks don't have a heart for world evangelism? Check the giving record. In fact, let me get even a little more personal right here. You want to know why some folks don't have a heart for the ministry of Central Baptist Church? Check the giving record. Jesus said. Pastor Bloom didn't say it. Brother Connell didn't say it. Jesus said it. Matthew chapter 6. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let me say one more time and I'm moving. There will always be obstacles your faith will have to overcome if you're going to give for the sake of others. And so we see, number one, the problems... Their faith had to overcome. Secondly, in verse number 3, we see the pattern of their faith. Do you see it in verse number 3? Verse number 3 says, For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. Can I ask you this question? Do you see the pattern? There is a distinct pattern For the Macedonian church's giving in verse 3 of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And I'm so glad God put this pattern in our King James Bible tonight. And I'll tell you why. When it comes to the starting point of all of our giving, you know where it starts? It starts with 10%. It starts with our tithe. But when it comes to giving over and above our tithes so that others could hear the gospel, God did not give us a specific percentage to start at. You know where the Macedonian church's giving started? They gave, according to verse 3, to their power. Do you see those words? Right there in verse number 3. They started giving to their power. Now that's wonderful. I'm so glad that God put that in our Bibles. Because you may be here tonight and you've never given over and above your tithe regularly, faithfully, systematically so that others could hear the gospel. And you might be wondering this year, preacher, I don't know where to start. Can I encourage you to consider the same starting point that the Macedonian churches started at? They started giving to their power. You know what that means? They gave initially what they could afford they sat down in spite of great affliction and deep poverty and i believe they wrote out their monthly their monthly bills we got to pay this we got to pay that and we owe for this that now god has put it in our heart to reach others with the gospel and we want to have a role in Paul's ministry of church planting and reaching others with the gospel. We may not be able to go as Paul can go, but we can give to enable others that God has called to go. So we want to give something. So you know what we're going to do? It's going to be tough, but we're going to give this much over and above. our regular tithes and offerings so that others could hear the gospel. They started giving to their power. Now, if you've never given emissions before, can I ask you this question? Could you give a dollar a day? A Coca-Cola costs more than a dollar a day. Could you give a dollar a day? In fact, A Coca-Cola usually costs about $2, $2 $2.50. Could you give the price of a Coca-Cola a day? I'm talking to those of you that maybe have never given to world evangelism before. Could you give $2.50 a day to keep a soul out of hell? That's giving to your power. That's giving what you can afford to give. That's where the Macedonia's giving started. But it did not end there. Pastor Bloom, I know you've preached this time and time again. But when they started giving, guess what followed? Their heart. So after a while they wanted to give more than what they were giving. They wanted to increase their missions giving, but there was a problem. Somebody said one time, Have you ever heard this saying? There will always be problems your faith will have to overcome. They wanted to give more, but there was a problem. They were living in extreme poverty. They wanted to do more, and so they went back to their monthly budget, and they figured out, can we do any more? Can we do any more? You know what? We just can't fit any more missions giving in our monthly budget. But then it dawned on them. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. And without faith. Hebrews 11 and 6. It is impossible to please the Lord. So you know what they decided to do? I believe they went to the Lord in prayer. And they said something like this. Now Lord... We've been given to our power. But when we put our treasure there, our heart followed and we want to do more. But Lord, we're living in extreme poverty and we've went back to our monthly budget and we tried to figure everything out on paper. And Lord, we want to do more than what adds up on paper. Lord, we don't have this money. But we're going to trust You to give through us what you would never give to us. And Lord, we're going to step out by faith. And we're going to trust you to supply this money every single month, some way, somehow, so that we can play a greater role In Paul's church planning ministry, do you know what they did? They started giving beyond their power. God started giving through them what he would have never give to them. And through them... Churches that were living in extreme poverty, suffering great affliction through those churches, the churches of Thessalonica, the church of Philippi, the churches of Berea, through their deep poverty, God would give through them so that others could hear the gospel. They exercised their faith. Oh, it started giving to their power, but it wasn't good enough. They wanted to do more. And so God started giving through them. So much if you were to ask them. If you would have went into the church of Thessalonica, if you would have walked in through the double doors of the church of Philippi or Berea, you would look around on the wall and you would see all these missionary letters and you would see the flags from different parts of the world they were reaching with the gospel. And you were, if you were to ask them, how in the world can a little old church like you reach so many people with the gospel? How? You're living in deep... Poverty, you're suffering great affliction. How is it that you can give so much money to missions? Do you know how they'd respond? It's beyond me. And it was beyond them. God worked a miracle through them because they had learned the blessing of giving by faith. Amen. Now the last two points will go real quickly I promise but I've got to stop right here and tell you this quick little story brother Benji there are so many illustrations I could give personally about how that God has given through me and Miss Cassie over the last 30 years I'll just take the time and tell you one I know what I'm getting ready to say every time I tell this story. I know it makes Miss Cassie nervous. She don't like to be singled out. But I want you to hear what I'm getting ready to say. I want you to hear how that God will give through you. If you would trust the Lord, He would give through you so that others could hear the gospel what He would never give to you. Now, our family makes a faith promise. I give personally to missions. Miss Cassie doesn't even know how much. Miss Cassie has her own personal faith promise. Missions offering every month. Now let me tell you something about Miss Cassie. She's one of the hardest working missionaries I know. But she has no personal income. Other than what churches give us and support us. Miss Cassie has no personal income. But yet I know she has her own faith promise. And so this is what God burdened my heart to do. I guess it was over a year ago that I went to Miss Cassie and I said, Miss Cassie, we have CDs everywhere we go. I'll tell you what, here's what we'll do. We'll take the gas money that we use to travel the 40, 50, 60,000 miles a year that we're traveling now on the road out of the CD money and whatever's left over and above the gas money, I want you to use that. I want you to put it in your pocket. And the reason that I told her that is because I knew she had made a faith promise to the Lord. Now, she doesn't know that I know how much, but I know more than she thinks I know. (laughs) She made a faith promise. She has zero income coming in other than the income that churches support us for our own family. Personally, no income. And so she started giving by faith. Everywhere we go, I will either speak to the pastor or one of the staff members, and I will make sure. Listen, uh, is there a problem if we put CDs out on our table? And most churches, I guess ninety-nine percent of the churches we go to, Pastor Bloom, they have no issue with that, no problem whatsoever. But every now and then, you, you'll go into a church, and they'll say they'll be very kind, and they'll say, uh, "Brother Carter, we just rather you'd not." sell anything in the church. That's more than fine. More than fine. I was preaching a revival meeting not long ago in a little church probably about four hours from our house. And I asked the pastor who met us there at the church earlier, I said, now pastor, whatever you say is fine. Is it okay if we put some CDs out on our table?" And the pastor said, well, Brother Caudle, several years ago, we just had a little problem with that. If it's okay, we'd just rather you not. I said, no problem. What? No problem, preacher. Don't think another thing about it. So I told Miss Cassie, I said, Miss Cassie, don't put the CDs out. They don't want us to sell CDs this week. And Miss Cassie said, oh. I said, well, what's, what's the problem? She said, I really needed my faith promise this week. And I said, well, you know, I preach all over the country. God will give through you what he never give to you. Let's just see what the Lord does this week. She said, yes. And We put the CDs away, stuck them up underneath the table. The whole week was there. Nobody ever knew we even had CDs. That week, not the week before, not the week afterward, that week, we get an order on our website You can purchase CDs on our website. We get that very week the largest order of CDs that we had ever received in the history of DrScottCaudle.com. The largest order of CDs. These people that went to our website and ordered CDs, ordered one of every CD we had. Now, they cost $15 apiece, and we have about nine different CDs. Pastor Bloom, they ordered one of everything we had. And, of course, we were rejoicing over that, but then we started looking at the fine print of who ordered it. Do you want to know who ordered all those CDs? A deaf Bible college choir. I don't think some of y'all got it. (laughs) They're deaf. They are you getting it? They cannot hit Preacher. Why would a deaf Bible college order a hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars worth of CDs? You got me. But a deaf Bible college ordered enough CDs to pay our gas and for Miss Cassidy to give her faith promise to the Lord that month. The very week that the pastor said, Brother Carl, if it's okay with you, I'd just rather you not sell the seed. No problem, preacher. Only God could have done that. Only God. The Macedonian churches started giving to their power, but it wasn't enough. They wanted to do more. And therefore they gave beyond their power. The pattern of their faith. Now, the last two points quickly. Thirdly, you see the partnership of their faith. I won't take the time to read it, but you'll see the partnership of their faith in verse number 4. Do you see it? Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. Do you know what that means? The churches of Macedonia literally begged Paul to take their offering. You want to know why? Because they realized then what you and I ought to realize tonight. Listen to me. It isn't just that the missionary needs the church. Now, please don't misunderstand. The missionary needs the church. We can't do what God has called us to do without the church. But wait just a minute. Did Jesus not say, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature? Did Jesus say in Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8 to his disciples before he ascended back to heaven, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth. Is it God's will for us to reach Egypt with the gospel? Say amen. Is it God's will for Central Baptist Church to reach Costa Rica with the gospel? Say amen. Is it God's will for us as a body of believers to reach the small towns of South Dakota? If so, say amen. Amen. Well, then how are you going to do it without the missionary? You can't do it without the missionary. You can't do it without Brother Wes Gassaway and Miss Rachel. You can't reach Costa Rica without Brother John Claude and Mrs. Matilda Gilbald. You can't reach those small towns that, quite frankly, most people aren't willing to go to without Brother Benji Bowden and his family. So, yes, the Bowdens and the Gilbalds and the Gazaways, they do need you. But don't ever lose sight of the fact you need them. If you're going to be obedient to God's command to reach the world, you need them. The partnership of their faith. And finally, verse 5, you see the priority of their faith. Do you see the priority of their faith in verse 5? Let me read it to you. And this they did, not as we hoped, which simply means they had given far beyond what Paul could have ever hoped for, but... First, Do you see that word first? But first. But first. That's the priority of their faith. Gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of the Lord. So, I can say it like this tonight. I don't want you to miss it. I'm going to stand up on the platform and show you this. So that everybody up in... The balcony can see as well. Let me show you, according to the Bible, what the Macedonian churches didn't do. This is what they didn't do. Now watch it. They didn't do this. They didn't. Now, they eventually did that, but not first. According to verse number 5, do you see what they put in the plate first? They put themselves in the plate. And when they put themselves in the plate, why? Look what went in the plate with them. Do you want to know why some folks aren't willing to do this? Because there has never been a time they did this. And when they did this, everything else took care of itself. And can I say to you, Central Baptist Church... If you would just put yourself in the plate, I assure you, you would have no problem with a pastor or a visiting evangelist that wants to encourage you to do more to reach the world with the gospel. You've listened. So-